Welcome to Collodine Granary Baptist Church Friday Podcast. Thank you for listening. everybody, it's Liam here and welcome to this week's podcast episode. What's in the show this week? Well, we have a fantastic episode for you today. We've got a special reflection from Sam Henry, who's going to be sharing from the story of Jesus calming the storm. We have an interview with Claire this week and I had such a great time being able to speak to her. We had such a laugh as we um, talked together about faith and life. And I can't wait for you to hear that. And lastly, we have a beautifully sung worship song from Cheryl. And we can reflect on that together as she sings and shares a psalm with us. Sit back, relax and enjoy this week's episode. everyone. I hope if you're listening to this, you're all safe and well. I want to reflect on a passage from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. These are strange days we are living through. Days when we have time to think. Days when many are experiencing loneliness, when we feel cut off from normal society and family. Days when there is fear in many hearts. And that's something I've seen as I take my daily walk, as I'm sure many of you will have observed. There are those who pass you by with a cheery smile and a hello. And there are those who move about 30 yards away and wait until you pass. Why? You can't get this virus by just passing by someone. But there is fear in people's faces. For many, of course, we fear not for ourselves, but for others. For those of our families who are older and considered more vulnerable. Or those who are working through this epidemic. My own daughter has spent the last number of weeks working in the intensive care unit at Victoria Hospital. Have I I been afraid of that? Yes, of course I, we, have been afraid. There's nothing new in this though. 
In every circumstance of our life, we either operate in faith or in fear. Everyone has their own fears. Maybe you're afraid of catching the virus. Many will be fearing losing their job and will fear for their finances as a result. The list could go on and on. For all of us, we have things that cause us fear. There is real danger in fear. Fear torments you. Torment means physical or mental suffering. Franklin Roosevelt perhaps summed it up very well in his first inaugural address to the, as American president in 1933, when he said, in those days of the Great Depression, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. That phrase we know so well. And yet few of us know the words that followed immediately afterwards when he said, nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. Someone else has said that fear has two meanings, forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. John's first letter, verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. A man had been visiting a therapist because he had a fear of monsters living under his bed. The man had been seeing the doctor for months. Every time he would go to the doctor, he would ask, the doctor would ask, have you made any progress? Every time the man would say, no. The man decided to go to see another doctor. When he went back to his normal doctor, and he was asked, have you made any progress? He said, yes, I'm feeling all better now. The doctor asked, what happened? The man said, I went to another doctor and he cured me in one session. And so his doctor asked, what did he tell you? The man said, he just told me to cut the legs off my bed. Sometimes the fear can seem worse than it actually is. Fear can paralyze us. It can restrain us from using our talents. It can dull our senses. Janus Roos lived in Germany during the days of the Nazi ruler Adolf Hitler. During that time, he was a young shoemaker looking to make his name prominent. Because of the power of the German government, he participated in public support of the Nazi regime in hopes of gaining recognition. But after the regime fell, he realized the error of his ways and out of fear, fled to his sister's farm in Slovenia to hide. It was in her barn that he hid for 32 years, without so much as a visit to town or interaction with guests. He'd know exactly how we feel at the moment, I suspect. After he was discovered, reporters interviewed him wondering how someone had stayed hidden for so many years. He told of how he allowed his fear to keep him at home, away from anyone outside his family. 
the disciples who were with Jesus went to cross the Sea of Galilee and set off in good conditions. It was calm. Among them were experienced fishermen, so there was little problem in making the journey. But out of nowhere, a storm came up, as they sometimes do, out of nothing. As the wind and waves increased in force, the disciples lost their calm and fear grew in them. They gazed apprehensively at the wild sea. Its appearance had made them feel safe, but now fear was gaining the upper hand. The story says that Jesus was asleep. <laughs> Only faith can sleep without a care. That's why sleep is a reminder of paradise. Faith finds its safety in God alone. The disciples couldn't sleep. Their security was gone. Their confidence had been misplaced and now was lost. It was a false sense of security they had. It was only fear in disguise. The sense of security doesn't overcome fear and it soon breaks down. Only the faith that leaves behind all false confidence, letting it fall and break down can overcome fear. This is faith. It does not rely on itself or on favourable seas, favourable conditions. It does not rely on its own strength or on other people's strength, but believes only and alone in God, whether or not there is a storm. It is the only faith that is not superstition and does not let us slip back into fear but makes us free of fear. Lord, make this faith strong in us who have little faith. For those disciples had forgotten one thing. Jesus was in the boat and eventually they twig and rouse him. Why are you so afraid? He says. You see, he is God who has power over everything, power to calm the storm and the storms of life. He rebukes the wind and the waves and it was completely calm. He also calms completely our inward storms when we call on him. Let me finish with some words of a sermon by Dietrich Bonhoeffer executed by the Nazis in Flossenburg concentration camp on the 9th of April 1945, just two weeks before the camp was liberated. And he was a man who knew well what fear and its effects were. This is what he says. But the human being doesn't have to be afraid. We should not be afraid. That is what makes us humans different from all other creatures. In the midst of every situation where there is no way out, where nothing is clear, where it is our fault, we know that there is hope. And this hope is called, Thy will be done. Yes, Thy will being done. This world must fall, 
God stands above all, his thoughts unswayed, his word unstayed, his will forever our ground and hope. Do you ask, how do you know? Then we name the name of the one who makes the evil inside us recoil, who makes fear and anxiety themselves tremble with fear and puts them to flight. We name the one who overcame fear and led it captive in the victory procession, who nailed it to the cross and committed it to oblivion. We name the one who is the shout of victory of humankind redeemed from the fear of death. Jesus Christ, the crucified and living one. He alone is Lord over fear. It knows him as its master. It gives way to him alone. So look to Christ when you're afraid. Think of Christ before your eyes. Call upon Christ and pray to him. Believe that he is with you now, helping you. Then fear will grow pale and fade away. And you will be free through your faith, through your faith in our strong and living Saviour, Jesus Christ. Well, this week for our interview, we have the fantastic Claire McLaughlin with us. Do you want to say hello to everybody, Claire? Hello, guys. Hiya, how are you doing? Yeah, fine, thank you. How's yourself and the family? Yeah, things are well, things are well. I'm just busy. Um, my dissertation is due this week, so I'm um, a little bit stressed about that, but we're getting there. Um, what a fantastic day it's been today. Have you been up to much? Uh, been uh, out with Josh. He's got a little um, video to do for cadets, but put down, put together for um, show what they've been doing through lockdown. So they've been doing a tune called "79 Farewell to Gibraltar." So he was up this morning at Kilden Reservoir, uh, shooting that little video and stuff. Mm. So it was really cool. Brilliant. A bit windy, but the set <laughs> turned out okay. Excellent. Oh, that's really good. Great. Well, again, thank you for. Um, offering to, to be our interviewee this week. Um, it's really good, I'm, re I'm really excited um, just to be able to spend this time and to hear a little bit more about you. And I'm sure everybody listening is, is gonna think the same too. But why don't you, you start just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about who you are. 
Right, well, I'm Claire. I've got two boys, uh, 18, almost 16. Uh, I've lived in Colladine for almost three years coming up now. Um, before that, I lived in a little village called Kinlassie. Um, just no, not anything special that. I just went about my life and went to college to catering. And I came out of that. Um, I felt that the restaurants and things weren't really my thing. I wanted to go and be somewhere I could be of some help and I went into a home that did cater for disabled people and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed that. But um, when I fell pregnant with my oldest son and I had him in 2002, I had to leave there because I didn't have the flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, so I started up with my partner at that time. I started up a business of my own, um, just a wee catering business down at... Um, one in industrial estates in Gonrofas. It was a wee canteen thing there. Um, we did that for a few years until just before Josh was born in 2004. And then I had to give that up. Uh, and then we just called it quits because the stress in that, when you were pregnant, the stress was just way too much. Mm. So I gave that up. And then when Josh was actually eight weeks old, I went back into the, the care homes and started cooking and stuff in there. Um, I left there roughly about 2008 um, when Josh was going to primary school and I went into the schools. Uh, I was mobile for a bit and then I went eventually got my own little kitchen which I totally love and I feel that um, that's the thing I've been called to do is to serve and I love that part of it to know that I'm being able to give a child that's not so well off that can't get a hot meal a hot meal every day. It's really, really rewarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. And um, you've you've only recently, um, in in the course of your life, became a Christian. Um, it's been such a blessing to have you involved in the church. It always is, and we can see that that way that you like to serve people, and it, it's so obvious in in who you are. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, as I say, you, you, you came to church um, not too long ago. So do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you first came to church? Did you go to church when you were younger at all? Uh, when I was younger, it was it was kind of seen as the end thing for parents to do to send their kids to Sunday school to get rid of them for a wee bit, for a wee bit of peace. So uh, that was basically my background in church when I was younger. And mm. I absolutely hated it because your mum had to get you dressed up and she had to put you pretty dress and all that kind of stuff on and as most people know I'm not a girly girl so I absolutely hated that part of it um, <laughs> and I kind of that must have stopped when I was about 10 or 11 I can't really remember having been sent, sent since then so that was that um, and I never really thought about it again and when we moved up here in 2017 um, Josh was out walking one day and he stumbled upon the wee church Mm -hmm. And he started coming along. That must have been about the January, February time in 2008. And then he decided he wanted to be baptised. Mm. And then David got in touch and he asked for a meeting with myself and you and Josh. And that was the first time I met you guys in, in May of that year. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a wee chat and discussion. And then Josh got baptised in the, the June of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, but that started getting me thinking about um, things I went through in my life and 
as something really, as something been there, as God been there all the time, and I'm not actually realising until now. Um, so I started coming, not straight away, maybe a few weeks later, maybe about the July time, I started coming along, uh, just to see how pieces fitted together and stuff, mm. and I've been there ever since. And I've never looked back, so that's been really good. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, I remember that first time we, we all met together, it was a sunny day. And we all met in yeah, yeah, really garden. Yeah, it was yeah, fantastic and and God has done some some fantastic things since since that meeting. Um yeah, thank you. And you, as I've said, you've been a real blessing to the church since you've you've come along as you've um looked to to find out more about who God is, um and as you've responded to that. Um and and now you you're well and truly a part of the church family. You're and baptised a little while ago as well. Um, how have you grown as a Christian? How, what have been some of the, the key points for you as you've grown as a Christian over the past couple of years? I would say the discipleship study with Ian that we've done up at David's, mm. uh, that was really good. That's when I realised that I wanted Jesus to be part of my life. And then I knew we were into about week three or four, that's when I knew that I wanted to be baptised. That was around about the February-March time. And then we started working on that. And I was baptised on the day of Pentecost last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was really good because it, it was a special day that held a lot of meaning. So that was, that was really good. Um, and since then, I've done taking part in Master Life course as well. And I felt that was really in-depth and that's helped me grow as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just can't see my life without it anymore. Yeah, thank you. And why don't you tell us a little bit more about um, your baptism and that and that day? What um, it, it was such a fantastic day. I remember the the community centre being filled. Um, but what what do you remember of your your baptism day last year? Um, not a lot to be honest. I think I was just kind of taken up in all the emotion and that at the at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I remember coming in in the morning and speaking to like Naomi and that was there and the band was setting up and then I remember I thought I would have been really nervous mm-hmm. um, because public speaking is not really my thing mm-hmm. uh, and I thought I would have been really nervous but I w- to be honest I wasn't and then I thought we had even having my mum there and my great aunt there as well it would have put me off even more but it didn't and it seemed to all go, go well I think eh? mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah it was really good mm-hmm. really enjoyed it yeah, yeah, it was such such a fantastic day, yeah, and God spoke to 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 so many people as well. Yeah, a really good day. So it was. Um, and and since then, you again, you've you've shown the way that you you serve and how how passionate you are for that, um, through the, um, serving teas and coffees and setting up on Sundays with other people, um, just. In, in little ways, the ways that you serve people, it, it's really fantastic. On the Sunday school team as well, um, quite recently, and it's it's just such a blessing to always have you around and um, to be journeying together as disciples. Um, but I know just now you're going to be missing the church family, and um, we're all missing the church family just now. Uh, but I wonder what what have you been up to during lockdown? Uh, how have you been keeping busy? One of the things you've done is the the Sunday school crafts every week, which have been really, really good. I think the kids and the adults are enjoying that. 
Um, but but how have you been keeping busy during lockdown? Um, well, in amongst doing shopping for myself, I'm also having to do shopping for my mum and dad because they're shielding at the moment, they're not allowed out. Mm. So between doing them and then going out on my exercising, and now you're allowed two exercises a day, which is good. So I could, I don't have to pick between my bike and walking the dog. <laughs> so I could walk the dog and then I could go out my bike or the other way around. Uh, so that's been really good, yeah. And just working, as you say, working on the craft stuff takes up a lot of time as well. But I enjoy doing it. I want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had on my heart, I think, and in the first week of lockdown, and I got in touch with you all through email to say mm-hmm. that I felt the Lord was telling me that we should be doing something for the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came up with just doing pre-recordings and sending that out and I think that's going pretty well so yeah, yeah and I love doing it. Yeah yeah really well received um, and yeah as you say it's really nice to be able to do something for the kids at the moment because um, we're, we're missing all of them as well on a, mm-hmm. on a Sunday. Um, yeah brilliant and it's good that you're getting your exercise and then keeping, uh, keeping busy yeah. like that too. It's been great. I don't think it's actually arranged since lockdown started, so that's uh-huh. pretty cool. <laughs> Brilliant. So I, I want to go back to 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 the church and and how you've experienced this this feeling of belonging in the church. Um, and and for those listening today, there might be some people who have never felt that they've belonged to church. Maybe similar to yourself when they were younger, and um, they were kind of sent to Sunday school, and they had to. Um, wear their best clothes and, and didn't really experience anything of God or um, wasn't really sure about faith. What what would you say to someone who is listening and is maybe thinking of coming to church and has, has never come to church before? Uh, what, what would you say to them to convince them or to encourage them to come? Um, I would just say if you're lost and you're at a dead end in your life, you don't know where you're going, just go along to a church service and see how it fits in with you and take it from there. Mm. Uh, that That's all you could really do. You just need to seek out the right church, the right people, and uh, ask questions of the pastor or the minister, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and just get some help that way. Look online at some Bible tools and things as well, and just look into it deeply, and then try and find a church where you think you might fit in. Yeah, brilliant. I, I think that that's really good, really helpful advice. And our podcast, um, it's been themed around this idea um, that comes from Psalm 121, that our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. What, what does that mean to you to say that your help comes from the maker of heaven and earth? Um, well, I, to know that my help comes from the Lord gives me a real comfort especially mm. because I've went through self-harm and stuff in the past. Mm. Whereas when I would be feeling anxious and things before, I would just go straight for a, would get a blade or something and cut myself. Um, mm. But now it's so much different. I could just go on, if I'm feeling that way, I could go on to my Bible app and read a study plan, or I could go to my Bible and I could just get that. And I could honestly say that since I've came to the church, I haven't actually even thought about it, mm. even though I hadn't self-harmed before I came to church, I still did think about it, but since I've started coming to church, I could honestly say, hand on heart, that I haven't even thought about doing it at all. Mm. Well, that's where my help comes from. Mm. Amen. 
Thank you for that. And the, the last thing that I'm asking all of our guests is about scripture. Is there a, a favorite passage of yours, a, a passage that's really meaningful to you perhaps that you could share with us? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the same one I shared at my baptism. It's Psalm 95 and verse 7. And it says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Now, I liked this passage before I came to God. And I didn't know why it stood out to me. I didn't even realise it was a Bible passage at the time. Um, so it was something that stood out to me before and I didn't really know it was that kind of niggling thought in my mind. And then when I did come to God and I read it over again and I thought, yeah, that is, that's the one that sticks out to me the most because to know that we are his people and that he is always going to take care of us. Yeah, fantastic. Really good passage. Thank you for that. And thank you for um, agreeing to be interviewed. I know it can seem really nervous, uh, nerve-wracking and scary, but it's been fantastic. And um, it's gone really, really well. <laughs> thank you again. And thank you for, for who you are. Um, thank you for how you've come along to the churches. And, and evidently, God is, is so at work in your life. And um, yeah, praise God for that. And uh, thank you for, for you and everything that you do. For the, for the church as well. You're welcome. So thank uh, you. Could I just finish with saying a little prayer, Liam? Is that okay, yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord God, I'd like to um, bring David and Liam to you and all the other pastors at this time. Uh, they're keeping the online services going forward. Uh, just strengthen them and give them the comfort that they need at this time, Lord. And Lord, also give them the wisdom that they need to take breaks for themselves, give themselves rest, not to burn themselves out. And Lord, just hope that they keep up this great work and getting the message out there. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you again, Claire. Uh, and I'll You're see welcome. you soon. Thank you. Right, see you soon. Bye. Let your love surround 
of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. this week. A special thank you to our guests, to Sam and Claire and Cheryl, and thank you to you wherever you are listening. May God bless you this week and may you draw close to him wherever you are, whatever you're facing. May he be your comfort and your peace. God bless you. 
stay safe, take care, and tune in again next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you.